Hey everybody. Today I'm going to be doing some early positional rankings starting with the top 10 centers for points and category leagues. I'm always going to be tinkering with these as the season gets closer and we see what's going on in training camps, but for now, we're locking it up. All right, let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. Thank you so much for joining me on Cream of the Crop. I really appreciate that. I'm your host, Blake Creamer. Follow me on X at Blake Creamer AG. A-N-G, Apples and Genos has a Discord. You got to get in there. The link is in the description. Come uh, speak with like-minded fantasy managers. Uh, things are picking up in there. It's nice. Yeah, we got some topics there. So you can you can talk about anything you want, but um, very... Uh, Reactive, you know, uh, myself or any of the other Apples and Genos guys will will give you a, an answer to any questions you have in there. Plus, there's a lot of just really smart people in there. So, get your biscuits in there as per usual, all right? And also, I'm gonna gonna mention this again. Please consider giving the pod a rating. It really helps us out, all right? I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but you know what to do, all right? That's 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 how we get from A to B, all right? Um, before we start, I did want to just mention really quickly, if you are looking for more content, fantasy hockey content, while you're waiting for these Apples and Genos episodes to drop, all of my previous episodes from Fantasy NHL Today are still over on that feed. So you can go search that, Fantasy NHL Today, and listen to those past episodes. I just wanted to put that out there because there's a lot of gems in there that, that I'm really proud of. And, you know, if you weren't familiar with me before I came over to Apples and Genos, I did have a podcast before. And, you know, there's, there's uh, over 50 episodes over there. So, you know, I was getting the biz on the regular and uh, it felt good. But um, all that led me here to Apples and Genos which is my home and I'm loving it. Oh my God. So all my new content is obviously going to continue to come out on this feed with these beauties. But I did want to mention that in case you're, you're antsy for more content. There's some good stuff over there. All right. Now let's talk centers in fantasy. I'm going to be doing uh, positional rankings, as I said in the intro there. So I'll start with centers, but I'll do centers, left wing, right wing D and oh God, do I have to talk about goalies? I probably do. All right. So uh, today we're going to talk about centers, and I have mentioned this before, but usually I fade centers because I feel like I can get them later on in the draft, just the, the way the players are and, and kind of the, the ADPs that come out. But there, there are just so many elite options here that sometimes we just can't. We can't fade these boys. We got to pick them up, all right? So let's get into it. I, and before we do, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this list uh, after I'm done. So did I miss anyone? Do I, do I have anyone too high? Help me out. Come on. I need feedback. All right. I'm a very self-aware person and I'm getting the feedback. All right. So I can make myself better. I don't know where I'm going with this. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Tony Robbins. All right. Let's get going. Okay. At number one, this is a slam dunk. It's common sense. We're, we're talking Connor McDavid here. You know, and, and I will, uh, I was saying this on, on our last pod here, and I'll say it again. Um, we, we don't really talk about, you know, the big boys very much, right? We're, we're looking to, to get guys that we can get at value. You, you know, Conor McDavid, you can't get him at value anywhere, right? He's number one. So, um, but, it, but it is nice to kind of delve in a little bit and just see what these guys do and how they do it. And Conor McDavid is just a, just a freaking unit, as we all know, right? So 82 games last season, 64 goals, 89 assists, 153 points. Buddy, calm the hell down, all right? And, uh, yeah, he's he's runner-up for grumpiest man on earth to Brock Nelson, all right? Connor McDavid, you got a lot of good things going for you, my man. Are you okay? I protest. I am not a merry man. Um, yeah, he's a grumpy grumpy boy, but uh, what a an elite, elite hockey talent. I mean, that, that's common sense, right? So, but let's look at what, what Connor was able to do this season here. Um, he did have, you know, once I delved into some of the, the advanced metrics here, he had the highest shots on goal per 60 of his career last season at uh, 5v5, uh, and weirdly the lowest IPP. So, I don't know. Um, I think there's just so much talent on 
this team, right? Um, he, he, he did do it all, but yeah, the other guys were popping too. So, um, he did have the highest shooting percentage, the highest hits, the highest power play points and the highest shorthanded points that he's ever had in this last season here. It, it was just, you know, everything was going right for Connor McDavid except for playoffs. Oh my God, that's terrible. But what in the actual hell? This man's insane. So his on ice shooting percentage as well was the second lowest of his career. So, I don't know. Does, and, and that's at even strength. So does he have some headroom for more even strength points? God, maybe. Sheesh. It, it's just, um, it seems like the sky's the limit for this man. So I think what'll happen, it'll probably balance itself out if he does get more even strength points next season with the power play points coming down just a touch. This man cooked for 71 power play points. Jeez. That's a good season for other players. Just the points he got on the power play, 71 points. Wow. Um, special, special year for Edmonton in their power play. They, they were shooting at a blistering 32%, number one overall in the league. That's nice. You know, this, the power play was nuclear. They, they went off. They got the nuclears, cuz. And, uh, yeah, they used them on the rest of the league. So, again, power play, pretty much career numbers in every metric that we, that we look at here at Apples and Geno's. I think that's going to regress down, but probably not too much, right? It's all the same cast of characters, and they're all in their primes. I think we can still expect a 55 to 65-point power play performance from McDavid next season. So weird to say that. Um, And uh, McDavid is someone I have projected. So I have him projected for 145 points next season comfortably, which is bizarre. With 61 of those coming on the power play, I, I don't even feel like that's a reach. That's how insane this guy is, right? Um, obviously the Oilers suffered another playoff defeat and I think that McD is pissed and he's motivated. I think mentally he's good to go. He's in a good spot. I've heard some interviews with him and he's just, he's just saying all the right things. And I think he's really kind of embracing the leadership role on the Oilers as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, hopefully he plays 82 games again and we continue to witness this man's talent and, and, but for God's sake, get him to the cup for the love of Pete. We got to get this man in the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I don't even like Edmonton. I don't want them to win, but when you got a generational player like this, he's got to have a chance to, to get in and play for the Stanley Cup. So uh, I hope he gets that chance next season, but obviously he's your clear number one at center. Let's move on to the number two. Number one, take a number two. Your son Rip is online toot. That's, that's potty humor, and that's where I'm at, all right? That's, that's what I do. That's also Star Trek humor, so that's giving you a little insight into me. What the hell am I doing? Let's get into it. Uh, number two, Nathan McKinnon. Get to the chopper. Right. Mac! Mac! Get to the chopper! Big Mac attack, the soggy boy. Yeah. Everything that Big Mac did last season seems sustainable to me, and... <laughs> He's coming off a a career year, 111 points in 71 games, including 42 goals, 69 assists, giggity. Uh, Nice total there. So, um, but his shot generation, he just went off the charts. I mean, his average shots per game, 5.2. What the hell? I mean, it's him and David Pasternak, basically just one and two for for shot count over the season. So it was a a great season there for McKinnon. But again, let's let's dive under the hood and see what happens because I I do think that this seems sustainable to me, which is, again, so weird to say. Um, The numbers show to me that he's been doing this for almost his whole career, right? Injuries are the only thing stopping this man from hitting hitting these, these, uh, you know, career highs, right? His 71 games last season is the most he's played in the last four years. So that's good. I mean, that's a great sign, and hopefully it continues. I think he's the clear number two in all formats. That's that's my opinion. His shot generation, top two in the league. His efficiency efficiency has been holding steady for a while now. He may even have a little room to grow, and I think that would be on the power play. Um, I looked at his numbers on the power play. He did have a career high in shots on goal per 60 on the power play with uh, 21.69 but he had his fourth worst shooting percentage at 11.43. So shooting more, converting less. Can he convert just a little bit more? Can he, can he up that by a couple percentage points? I mean, yeah, we're, we're just adding to his point total, right? Um, I think that McKinnon, we, we should probably see power play points in the 40s, right? And last season he got 34, right? And uh, his career high is 37, but I, I think it's well within his range of outcomes for McKinnon to get over 40 power play points. Book it! That's not even a hot take. Um, so 
I think that's going to probably happen, and, and he's very consistent at even strength. Also, he played a ton last season, and I, I think that that's something that's sustainable coming up again. Um, Jared Bednar, the head coach in Colorado, likes to play the big boys, um, and you know Nathan McKinnon's one of those. He averaged 22 minutes, 19 seconds average time on ice. What the hell? I'm not tired. I mean, when you got a guy that shoots like this, gen- uh, generates chances like this, and then you put him out for this many minutes, like, yeah, that's blast off time, right? That's why he's that's why he's cooking so much. Um, and then plus, yeah, just the insane power play deployment. Over four minutes uh, power play time on ice last season. 75% power play share, just a, just a beast, just a beast offensively. So I'm um, a big fan of Nathan McKinnon. I'm very confident that he's going to keep up the pace he's on and maybe even push it. He could push this pace. So I think he's a clear number two. And I'm excited about Big Mac. All right, the soggy boy. All right, at number three, again, we're talking points leagues here. I didn't even, I hope I mentioned that. I'll have to go back and maybe look at that. But yeah, these are points league centers. I'm going to give category league centers at the end with a little less analysis probably. But these are my top 10 points league centers, right? So it's Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and then third up, Uncle Leon. Hello. 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 Um, yeah, I think we got to go Leon Dreisettle here. Um, the only reason I'm putting him under Mac is I take comfort in McKinnon's advanced metrics, the shot generation, the chance generation, chance generation. Um, whereas I'll get into it here with Leon Dreisettle. Um, he's, he has insane efficiency, right? And, and I've talked about that before about players that are super efficient and Leon Dreisettle is, is probably number one at that, you know, the most successful high efficiency player but um yeah it scares me when you got a player that this that is this efficient because what if for whatever reason that efficiency falls off right then the point totals fall off as well not saying that will happen with dry settle he's proven it uh you know time and time again but that's really the only reason why i would put him uh underneath mckinnon here i think mckinnon's gonna pop but you know dry settles right there so let's get into it Uncle Leon with a beautiful season, 80 games, 52 goals, 76 assists for 128 points. Damn, I love that. Shooting percentage, uh, you know, it was the second highest mark of his career, 21.1%. And it didn't even seem ridiculous. I mean, you look at that number and you're like, how? He's done it before. Last season, it was 19.8. The season before, 18.5. The season before that, 19.7. Um. Yeah, he he just he's just such an efficient player uh, and a high conversion rate. So you love that about Leon Dreisaitl, and he's he's consistent in that. He's proven that, right? So you, you, I think we can kind of put that to bed. We can take security that Leon Dreisaitl is going to have a high shooting percentage, no question. All right. Well, looking under the hood, Dreisaitl had the third lowest shots on goal per sixty of his career which is very interesting. I mean, with the big season that he just had, um, but he was still quite efficient with uh, 14.29 shooting percentage. This is at 5v5, right? At all strengths, um, if you look at Settle's numbers, they're very middling. There's nothing crazy, but shots and goal per 60, 113th in the league. Individual Corsi 4 per 60, 132 in the league. And then individual scoring chances 4 per 60, 122nd in the league. This is your second uh, overall points getter. Um, so, you know, advanced metrics, they, they help us predict certain things, but you know, with players like Drysaddle, we got to look, we got to look at other things, right? Even McDavid, right? His numbers don't jump off the page, uh, you know, to the level that his, uh, like his advanced metrics don't jump off the page to the level that his actual stats jump off the page. Right. So, you know, these are just little things we're putting in our corner, right? Um, trying to predict these players, but yeah. Anyways, I'm digressing on that a little bit, but just the, the point is that dry settle really kind of middling when it comes to scoring chances, shot generation, things like that. But he's been insanely efficient throughout his career. As we said, he actually had the lowest five V five scoring pace, uh, that he's had in the last five seasons, just in this last season here. So, um, I think we all know what happened with dry though. And it starts and ends on that power play. Yes. Um, dry settle on the power play second only to David with 62 power play points. That's huge, right? That's just their power play was insane. And that there's, you know, we've talked about it a lot on the various pods. So I'm not going to get into that too much, but I mean, his shots on goal per 60 and shooting percentage on the power play were both career highs. He shot uh, 30% on the power play, 
with almost 20 shots on goal per 60. Bang. For a cool 32 power play goals. Love that. So um, just a massive season there. And, you know, while that may be the ceiling for Drysettle on the power play, uh, it's still going to be close. Right. I, I don't think that it's going to drop off a cliff or go anything crazy. Like I do think Ryan Nugent Hopkins power play performance is, is not really going to be achievable again. But dry settle, he, he's going to he's still going to be in the wheelhouse. I, I could see him getting 50, you know, pretty, pretty easily. Oh, man. I mean, if he got 60 again, it, it wouldn't really surprise me. But I think this is kind of the upper level of dry settle on the power play. This all said, this guy's money in the bank. He's a very durable guy. He's a very safe pick, in my opinion. He has dual eligibility, which is which is a big factor as well. Um, but easily in this position as a center and in the draft in general at all positions, this guy is he, he's a top level guy. He's a, he's a number three. He's a number two. He's up in there, right? Plus, like McDavid, these guys, the Oilers, they're tired of losing, right? And they only have a small window moving forward. So I think motivation is going to be on point. I expect another huge season from these studly men. All right? That's it. Uncle Leon at number three. I'm moving on to number four. The number four center in points leagues, Austin Matthews. That mustache beauty. There's no mustache like my father's mustache. That's the biggest mustache in town. Yeah. Um, lots has been said about Matthews' season there that he just had, but the fact is he just wasn't converting, right? He wasn't converting to the to the rate that he usually does. So in 74 games last season, 40 goals for Matthews with 45 assists. That's a 94-point pace. Very nice. You know, shot generation again. Chance, yeah, that's getting hard to say. Chance generation, both, you know, elite as per usual. But what wasn't elite is just shooting percentage. So last season, he was cooking at 12.2% overall uh, at all strengths. But, I mean, look at the last three seasons before that. 17.2% for a 60-goal season. 185 the year before that. 162 the year before that. 147 before that. 185 before that. Yeah. His, his career average is 15.7 shooting percentage, and he shot 12.2 last year. So that's going to come up. Uh, that's going to come up big time, I think. So that's one of the reasons why I'm 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 really big on Matthews this upcoming season. Um, there were there were lots of things going on with Matthews for sure. There were reports that he was dealing with a wrist thing or an injury for a lot of the season that was affecting his shooting and his you know just his performance in general. But I believe he's in for a big bounce back, and I actually have him projected. I got him projected for 111 points. Oh my god. Is that what I have? Yeah, 111 points. There you go. So uh, I do have that for, with 63 goals. So clearly, I'm bullish on this man. I think Matthews is going to have a big season. I, um, I've got him just uh, 20 minutes, 30 seconds average time on ice. So, you know, that's right in line with kind of what he normally does. 35 power play points I've got him for. So that would be a career high. So I do have him kind of popping on the power play a little bit more. But yeah, this is the type of player that that we have here, right? I'm bullish on this man to get back to his scoring ways. It's just he, he needs to start converting closer to the rate that he did before, right? So the thing about Matthews as well is he does other things, uh, which I'll definitely touch on a bit in the category section that we're talking about. But long story short, he plays on one of the best offenses in the league, and he's the best player in that offense. And I, I honestly think things should be arrows up for Matthews next season. Also, I forgot to mention the addition of uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and uh, Maximus Domius. To the Toronto team, I think it's going to be massive for him, right? Uh, I think either one of these guys are better than the, you know, the line mate that him and Marner have had over the past few seasons. So it's either with Bertuzzi or Domi. And I think that that's just going to help everyone involved. Obviously, it raises the ceiling for those two players as well, Bertuzzi and Domi, whoever gets that deployment. Either way, it's Bertuzzi or Max Domi, and I'm liking it not too shabby. So I got Matthews under Drysaddle um, at this point just due to the power play points that Drysaddle has shown that he can do and the consistency that Drysaddle has as well. That's the reason I have Matthews lower on this list, but you know, it's all semantics at this point. I think Matthews could honestly be as high as two, but I'm just taking everything into account, the consistency. And so far I like what we're doing. All right. So Matthews, at least in points leagues, number four. All right, let's move on. Number five, this one might be controversial. I don't know. Jack Hughes. 
Is my number five overall center for fantasy points leagues next season. Yeah, I love Jack Hughes. This is a player I'm super high on coming into this next season. And it's it, this is not a this is not rocket science. This man popped last season big time. 99 points in 78 games, including 43 goals, 56 assists. The shot count was insane. Um, you know, his efficiency was decent. He popped on the power play for 31 points, and he played just under 20 minutes average time on ice. So everything was roses for Jack Hughes. I love that. Um but the thing is, he can do even more, right? That, that's, that's why I get excited about this guy. So he, he improved everywhere he needed to and just blasted off, as we said. But I think that he has an even higher ceiling than this. Something that Jack Hughes, as I sort of dug into some of the statistics here, um, I actually just got, uh, I just want to shout out all3zones.com. It's, it's basically a hockey microstats tracking project by this guy, Corey Schneider. He's on Twitter as well. I'll give you that at shutdown line. I'll just shout out Corey Schneider because, yeah, he's got some amazing stuff there. And, and it's just interesting information to look through, right? Um, but what these micro stats are, are basically like passing stats, zone entry, zone exits, transition stats, all that stuff. And when I looked up any of, of Jack Hughes at all, like, oh, my God. Um, something Like I was saying, something he does better than anyone else is his rush offense. He's top tier in the league in, you know, controlled entries into the offensive zone and rush chances, um, you know, not to mention elite shot and chance generation as we love. But again, um, just he, he's he's on an island out on his own in terms of, of his rush offense. And that's just kind of an exciting place to be, like being one of the best at something, right? Um, at all strengths this season, this last season here, Hughes was 6th overall in shots on goal per 60, 13th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 9th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. Wow. Um, Plus, he had an 80% IPP. Sheesh. I mean, and he only got 99 points. I I think this is a guy that that could be up around the 110 points. Um, That's sort of where, where I'm looking at Jack Hughes. And obviously, you know, his teammates have to come along with him there. New Jersey was an interesting team last year with their... High uh, scoring chances for, and their kind of middling shooting percentage, right? They weren't converting. So I think, you know, even if the scoring chances for comes down a bit, I think the shooting percentage is going to go up. And I, I do believe that it's going to equal a net positive for New Jersey and a lot of their fantasy performers. Jack Hughes included. I love this man. He's insane. If you look at Jack Hughes' power play as well, that was key. And, and you'll notice that with a lot of these guys in the top 10 here. Um, power play was key again. He popped for 31. As I said, he hit career highs across almost every advanced metric we look at. And I think he has headroom for better shooting percentage on the power play. Um, you know, he hit on only 12% of his shots, right? And so even just a couple of percentage points up, and that's that's reasonable to me, especially for a player of this talent level. And, then, uh, you know, he's it's just we're adding it onto his point totals, adding it onto his goal totals. To me, Jack Hughes is a back-end first-rounder. Uh, in a points league, if there's any banger waiting, you know, maybe a little bit later on, but you're getting nothing out of Jack Hughes when it comes to to uh, periffs. But Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. All right, this guy is one of the most elite offensive options in the game. You gotta lock him up. Jack Hughes at number five. Book it. Okay, moving on. Uh, next down the list, we're talking about Mr. Thompson, Tage Thompson. We absolutely have to have Tage in this conversation. He he broke out in a big way last season. And honestly, it wasn't even just a breakout. He dominated. He, there, there were times he was just dominating. He became an elite offensive option in the league. And uh, if you look at his season, he was injured at the towards the end there. And he wasn't quite the same after he came back. So his performance kind of tailed off a bit there. But he'll be healthy coming into the season. Nothing's really changing in Buffalo. His line is still good to go. Their young core is a year older and more experienced, more distinguished. They have all the pieces to just have an amazing fantasy season, right? Um, so, again, looking under the hood with Tage, nothing he did was really unsustainable to me. We, um, I like to look at even strength, power play, and, you know, and then shorthanded. So, at even strength, his IPP was high. But his shooting percentage was reasonable. So those are what we call the luck metrics, right? Individual points percentage. Um, so the percentage of points that he was involved in, that's IPP. And then shooting percentage, yeah, just how much are you converting, right? But those were reasonable. His on-ice shooting percentage, um, to me, at even strength, reasonable, 
right? That's, that, that's not going anywhere. And on the power play, I think his high efficiency that he had is sustainable. You know, he's got a high shooting percentage on the power play, but he's the trigger man in tight. He's in those high danger areas on the Buffalo power play, and he's receiving great high danger passes and converting on those, right? That's why his conversion is so high because he's getting great passes, you know, net front, and he's just burying, right? I don't see that changing this season. Tage is another guy I've got projected, and I have Tage projected for 96 points, including 53 goals. I, um, I feel really good about this projection, uh, basically because um, it's a modest ice time. So when when I see like Tage so far in his career, I mean he hasn't he he had a career high ice time last year at 18 minutes 35 seconds, but that's not really that's not like Austin Matthews numbers, that's not Connor McDavid numbers, that's not McKinnon numbers. It's 18 minutes, 35 seconds, and he still popped for 94. So what if we get that up? What if we add a minute to that? What if we add a minute and a half to that and you get him over 20 minutes? Like, you know, I think Tage could be a 100-point guy. I think that's that's absolutely reasonable. Just a, just a guy I'm excited about. And again, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in, in uh, Bangers Cats Leagues, but th- this guy does some stuff. He's, you know, he's not terrible peripherally, but, I mean, I think this is a guy just starting to to really hit in fantasy, and I, I think this is the player he is now, and I feel good about it, right? So I like Tage at six there. He's my number six center. You know, I've got him lower than Jack Hughes simply because I think Hughes' ceiling is a little higher. But that is, the, you know, again, we're talking semantics here. Anyways, love you, big Tage. Keep it going. Have a great season. Let's move on. Number seven, from your Vancouver Canucks, Elias Pedersen. Petey? Love this man. Wow. Um, he came to play this season. Petey? Love it. Yeah. 102 points. And again, nothing that uh, Pedersen did to me really seemed unsustainable. I think this is the player. Uh, this is a player who's kind of broken through. And while I don't think we can expect 100 points every season, I think 90 to 100 moving forward is reasonable. So, again, looking under the hood at 5v5, he had a career high in shots and goal per 60, so that's nice, and a weird career low in shooting percentage. So, um, you know, that sounds bad, but it was nothing crazy, right? It was his career low by a few percentage points, so it wasn't like it fell off a cliff. But to me, that still says that he might have a bit of headroom um, to get that number up a bit at even strength. So more goals at even strength, I think, could be on the way. Um, That said... He did get 68 even strength points, which is good for seventh in the league. So he, he was getting it done at even strength. You know, on ice shooting percentage at even strength was pretty high, but that could regress a little bit. But I think that Petey's output on the power play can probably increase. So let's look at what he did on the power play. Last season, he had 25 power play points. That's nice, but he shot a career low 9.09% on the power play. And I think that's an obvious candidate to increase, right? He was just unlucky. He was snake bitten. So, you know, more goals on the power play. He's such a killer with that one timer um, over on the right side there. Um, you know, they kept they keep setting it up. The other team knows they're setting it up, but um, he just wasn't able to convert at the at the rate that he normally does on that shot. I just think he was unlucky. So I do have him. I've projected him already. I've got him for a modest increase uh, in his power play points, and actually have him projected for ninety two points, including thirty of those on the power play. 92-point Petey. I'm loving that. Um, one reason it's a little bit lower than his 102-point pace uh, is that he's not going to, sorry, his 102-point total is that Rick Tockett, the new head coach there, says he's not going to play as much on the PK this season. So um, he had nine points on the penalty kill. He led the league tied with JT Miller there. So I wouldn't bank on that on those points, right? And those are hard points to kind of bank on anyway. But, you know, of the 102, nine of those were shorthanded points. So I think we can... Probably get rid of a lot of those, if not all, right? If he gets no time. So another great thing about uh, Elias Pedersen, though, if there's banger waiting in your points league, he gets you that too, all right? He's got decent hits. And Pedersen had the second most blocks from a forward in the league. Sheesh, all right? Um, His IPP was elite as well. I think that could regress a little, hence the lower point total. But I I think he's just getting started, and now we know what he's capable of. And it just didn't seem at all out of place. I love me some Petey. You sold my pet bird Petey to a blind kid? He didn't have a head. Um, well, Petey has a head, and he's crushing, all right? Dumb and dumber reference, all right? That's that's where I'm going with this. I'm bored, all right? And that's what I do. All right, next up, number seven, number eight. All right, we're close. So I got the, the last three here. 
And this is good. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy to kind of put this list out there so I can refer to it later and sort of see how I did. Anyways, at number eight, I've got um, Alexander Barkov. He's a great player. He's he's a he's not an exciting player to me in fantasy. And and we talked a little bit about this with Josh and Binksy on our our three round mock draft show. Just guys like Barkov and and others, they they sort of slide through the cracks, right? Because they aren't super exciting. But you know, Barkov has a lot going for him. Um, and again, injuries this last season stopped Barkov from from really going off. Um, you know, it was an interesting season for him for sure. But let's look at the numbers. Barkov in 68 games got 78 points, including 23 goals, 55 assists. That's a 94-point pace. That's great. That's exactly what you want from your from your number one center there. Um, you know, 30 power play points, big minutes, 21, uh, 21 minutes, 13 seconds average time on ice. That's awesome. And over four minutes average time on ice on the power play. So he's cooking there. Everything is set up for Barkov to to really hit and and hit big. So um, that's why he's on this list. You know, Florida in general, had an interesting season. I've talked about this a little bit, but Florida offensively, lots of shots, lots of chances, not a lot of conversion, right? And Barkov was in this bucket too, but that is why I'm so in on him and the Panthers next season, right? This has to come back to the mean, right? So what I'm saying is all those chances, all those shots that Florida had, they weren't converting. They were lower on the conversion rate. So that's going to come back to the mean. They're going to start converting more. And I don't see why they're not going to get those shots and chances next season. We saw we saw what happens when they do start converting in the playoffs. And they almost won the Stanley Cup. Let's look at Barkov specifically. This is a player that just does everything, right? Big power play numbers, 30 power play points. He kills penalties. He has a big uh, PK share there. So he's out there. Um, he's out there in the last minute of games, which is kind of a weird... I, I'd like to look into this sometime. Um... Players that are all consistently out there in the last minute of games, getting those empty net goals or those um, empty net goal assists, I'd, I'd like to look into that. That's something I'm interested in. But um, Barkov, you know, if that if that is a thing, he's out there in the last minute of, of every game where they got a lead, so he's he's got a chance to get those those goals there. Barkov at even strength is great as well. I mean, usually hit like Florida at even strength last season. You know, there weren't a lot of guys that were sort of hitting their marks. And Barkov was one of those guys. He had a second lowest point, uh, second lowest point pace in his last five seasons at even strength last season. His shooting percentage uh, at even strength was a paltry 9.76 when it's usually closer to 11, 11 to 14%. That's usually the range where Barkov sits and, and last season it was 9.76. So that, that should come up, right? It makes a big difference, right? When it comes to scoring output, obviously. Shooting percentage on the power play was down as well the lowest that he's had since his 2017 season. So long story short, I believe this 94-point pace Barkov had is absolutely sustainable with room for more. Could he get to 100? I get it. I'm going to say maybe, right? Things need to go right, and he'll need his luck metrics to improve as well, right? I think that would be absolute ceiling for Barkov. Plus, the injury factor is so frustrating with him, right? But we can't draft that way. And, you know, the reason I have him here... Over some others is his deployment and his consistency and the fact that I think he's going to bounce back and, um, you know, his low shooting percentages should rise up. So I'm in on the Panthers and it starts with this beauty, Sasha Barkov. Thank you for your service. Let's move on. We got two more centers for points leagues. Let's talk about them. Next up, Mika Zibanejad, DJ Zibby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zibby. I like to call him Zibby. Um, actually, Zibby is what I call when I, you know, when I give Zerberts. I don't know if, if that's a, I'm from Canada, so we say Zerberts. That's like, you know, I wonder where I'm going with this. You Like you blow on your kid's skin and you give him like a little, like it's called, I call it a Zibby. All right. Because Zerbert, Zibby. All right. You're just getting a little insight into what I do here. All right. But I'm calling this man Zibby. All right. He's a very consistent fantasy performer and he had a great season in 2022 with a career high in points. Love that. Um, Big Mika had 91 in 82 games, including 39 goals, 52 assists. You know, great power play performance, career high 39 power play points, including a career high 20 power play goals. Yes, sir. That's excellent. That's what we like to see. And just under 20 minutes average time on ice with, uh, you know, 71% power play share on power play one. So that's excellent. Everything is in the wheelhouse for this man. 
shot generation, chance generation, what we've been talking about the whole episode. They're middle of the pack, right? But um, Zabanajad makes up for that with decent efficiency. Plus, he's exceptional on the power play in New York. And that New York power play is exceptional. So I think that's going to continue next season. Most of his goals are scored there uh, on the power play, right? They're uh, from one-timers, right? He's got a cannon. But if you look at uh, Mika Zibanejad's, uh last few seasons here, so 39 goals this season, 20 of them were on the power play. Last season, 29 goals, 15 of those were on the power play, right? The season before, 24 goals, 10 of those. Like, you get the gist, right? He's getting a lot of his goals on the power play, right? And that's where he's converting big time. And as I said at the start of this episode, I mean... Guys like Zibanejad, they get away from me a bit due to the glut of talented centers you can get later on. I just don't ever find myself drafting him, but he is absolutely worth your draft capital. I think he's a safe fantasy pick at the end of the second or into the third round. Banger waiting as well in a points league. Zib can, Zibby can help you there too. It's DJ Zibby. Hey, fun boys. Welcome to Clubhouse. <laughs> um, yeah. That's just ridiculous, but uh, yeah, Zibanejad is my number nine center here, and I'm feeling good about that, all right? Let's finish up with number 10, and then I'm going to kind of give you a quick top 10 in category leagues as well. Not as in-depth, but you know, we'll, we'll get into it here. Number 10, Sid the Kid Crosby. You got to go with Old Faithful here. Can your grandfather do this? Hey, ha, hoo, hey, ha, hoo, hey, ha, oh. Old Faithful. The man's 35. Oh, God. That, that's, it's so weird, the uh, perspective on age in, in professional sports, right? Like, you know, this, this guy's basically a grandpa. It's like, it, you know, in sports, it's like dog years, right? He's 35, but that actually means he's like 210 years old, all right? Um, he probably doesn't even have any gray hairs in his beard, all right? I don't know where I'm going with this, all right? I'm salty. I got, I got new gray hairs in my beard, and, and this is, does, does, doesn't feel good, right? Man, I'm... Yeah, but like I said, you got to go with Old Faithful, Old Faithful. Until Sid Crosby proves otherwise, to me, he's an amazing option and one of the best centers in the league. You know, his season was huge. He had a great season. He played all 82 games for the first time, you know, in five years. That's excellent. 93 points. I love that. 33 goals, 60 assists, 27 points on the power play, over 20 minutes time on ice. Love it. And and peripherally, he was doing well, too. 71 hits. Thank you for your service. That's his best in four seasons. So um, he's just a jack-of-all-trades. And, you know, the, the stats don't tell the whole story with Sidney Crosby, just like, you know, McDavid and all these special players, a lot of these special players we're talking about. He's a, he's a generational talent himself, right? And he's been doing it for years. He's an amazing passer. I forget about that sometimes, just how good he is at finding his teammates, like, with, with sick passes. It's ridiculous. So... Um, but let's look under the hood as we've done. So uh, 5v5, Crosby had the best shots and goal per 60 rate that he's had uh, in the past six seasons at 8.7. So that's excellent. That's approaching the numbers that we want to see, which is 10 shots and goal per 60, right? He's at 8.7. So that's good. That's that's approaching elite status. As I said, he played a full 82. That's unexpected, but that's excellent. Everything was just coming up roses for Crosby besides the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. You know, that stinks for them. I think he's got some room to grow at even strength with his on-ice shooting percentage. I think it's, I think it's going to go up, right? And what's neat about Crosby, too, he only needs 25 goals to reach 500 on his career. I find that when players kind of get close to milestones, that they're, they're extra motivated, right? So um, I think he's going to come out of the gates hot and start playing pretty well. And I also think that the Penguins and Crosby are salty, about missing the playoffs. And I, I think they realized that their window for another cup is closing rapidly just due to the age of their stars, Latang, Malkin, uh, Crosby, right? So I expect, honestly, an 85 to 95 point season from Sid again with great numbers across the board, power play points, shots and goal, hits, blocks. He does it all. And he's been doing it for years. Thank you, Sid Crosby, for your service. Cool. And that's the top 10. That's, that's, uh, that's what we got. That's how we get from A to B. So... Um, hopefully you enjoyed that list. Again, that's a points league list. I'm going to rip through a category league list here really quick um, and s- sort of give you my thoughts on that. And we'll do, we'll do more on these, right? I want to give, give you guys some more in-depth stuff here. But again, this is, these are early top 10 centers. So we're going to refine these lists, everyone. All right, top 10 centers, category leagues. Let's get into it. Number one, you got to go Connor McDavid again, right? 
Uh, it makes total sense. He's number one across all formats. Um, he, he does a lot of things, right? We, I mean, we talked about it already a little bit, but I mean, if you look at some of his last seasons, he had 89 hits last season. Bang. That's excellent. 75 the season before. So he's doing stuff, right? And 351 shots. He's hitting you there. Power play points. Yeah. Blocks, 40 blocks. So there's, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. I know that, but he, he just, he's an amazing player. He does other things, right? So I've got him number one, Nathan McKinnon again at number two, again for the, the shots, 366 shots. That's excellent. Um, hits and blocks. You know, he's got 53 hits and 40 blocks last season. He, he has done more in the past. I mean, he's, he's almost hit 70 last season, but again, that's not what he does, but you can't, he's a clear number two option here in category leagues, right? Now here's where it gets a little interesting at number three in category leagues. I've moved Austin Matthews up before Leon Dreisaitl. And I'll tell you why um, Matthews does more peripherally. Um, And I think there's a good chance he gets more goals than Leon Dreisaitl. And I find that goals are the hardest category to get in category leagues. So I like to target goals. As I was saying in our category league draft, and I think, uh, you know, Matthew's going to get a ton, in my opinion. But, I mean, Matthew, 78 hits. He, and also, a big surprise, 92 blocks last season. Austin Matthews led the league uh, in blocks for forwards. That's crazy. That, that is not something uh, that I don't think anyone would have called. So, uh, and I don't think it's going to happen again. But the fact that it can happen, that's exciting, right? He, it's just in his wheelhouse, right? He's a great shot-blocking forward. There's no question. We can definitely say that about him. So I do believe that he that kind of edges him over Leon Dreisettle there. So he I've got him at number three. And then I've got Leon Dreisettle at number four. In terms of peripherals, Dreisettle, he's not doing much. Like 66 hits, 40 blocks last season. That's kind of standard for him, you know, if not high. Like that's a little bit high for him. So I think we can expect a little bit less when it comes to peripherals. And, you know, he doesn't shoot a ton. 247 shots in 80 games. That's that's okay. But obviously, you're getting ridiculous power play points, just ridiculous goals, assists, and efficiency, right? But like I talked about, the thing with Dreisaitl, it's all based on that conversion rate that he has, that, that shooting percentage. So I feel comfortable with it at this point. But yeah, that, that's why I bumped him down one. Next up, we're bringing somebody new to the table. And it's going to be... JT Miller at number five. Oh, yeah. This guy's a beefer. He's a freaking unit. We know this, all right? Um, you know, you're only picking JT Miller as your fifth center in a category league, right? Um, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> like, first off, his his um, offense is, is great. It's um, He's coming off an 83-point season in 81 games. That's nice. But here's why you like him. First off, 200 hits last season. 200! My God. And then 172 the season before. So um, this is the kind of player that JT Miller is. He's bringing elite hits from a forward. So I love that. 31 power play points. I love that. And I think that has room to grow. He had 38 the season before. He's a staple on that top power play. And I think he's motivated coming into the season as well with new coach. Um, He doesn't really shoot that much. He doesn't generate a lot of chances, but he does so many things across the board. And when you're drafting in category leagues, especially early, it's nice to get players like JT Miller that do a little bit of everything, right? Like you can find play forwards on the wire that have 200 hits and over, but they don't get 83 points in 81 games. They don't get 31 power play points, right? Miller uh, is a bit of a unicorn in that way, right? He, he um, yeah, he just does it all. So I like JT Miller there at number five. That feels good to me. And then, you know, I'm not even being a homer here, everyone, but I got Elias Patterson at number six. Um, I mean, we're talking centers, right? And I think you got to go, uh, like, I'm, I'm taking Miller over Pedersen in a Bangers-Cats league because of the obvious, right? He hits and, and all the other things that we just mentioned. But, I mean, Pedersen, you're getting pretty pretty elite offensive production, right? Like we talked about, 102 points in 80 games. But he had 74 hits himself. So that's nice, right? That, that's, that, that's unexpected. That's a, that's a career high in hits for him. You know, 25 power play points, I think that can improve. As I talked about, I think he's going to be a 30 power play power play point guy. But then look at these blocks, 89 blocks. He was second to Austin Matthews, Elias Pettersson. Those are your top two forwards in blocks. What the hell? How did the, you know, that's, no one called that. So 
again, it's like Matthews. I don't see that happening again, 89 blocks, especially because he's not going to be spending as much time on the penalty kill. So I do expect that to go down, but just the fact that he's willing to do it, that he can do it, um, you know, I think we can expect some decent numbers there. So I like I like PD at six there in category leagues. Uh, next up, I've got Tage Thompson. So, yeah, I have PD over Tage. I'll, I'll explain why. To, to me, Tage, it's it's basically just the safety of Pedersen. I feel more comfortable with Pedersen there. First off, he, he does more peripherally. Um, and, you know, I guess you can say they both have only really had one good season, but... I would argue that Pedersen's had more than one good season, right? He, he's had some injuries. Um, he's shown flashes here where Tage has kind of just broken out. Um, you know, obviously Pedersen did as well. But I like the consistency and the safety of Alitas Pedersen a little better and the peripheral stuff. So for Tage, yeah, all the stuff we talked about in points leagues, he's, he's still doing that. Um, great shot counts. Um, as far as perifs go, like 55 hits, 26 blocks last season. I think that's pretty pretty much what we can expect from him moving forward. So he's not blowing the doors down. Um, and, you know, when you're looking in category leagues, like you want guys that are on the ice, right? And another thing, a reason I like Pedersen more is he, I've got him for 20 minutes time on ice, average time on ice, whereas uh, Tage has 18 minutes and 35 seconds. So if that holds, right, you, like you got to be out on the ice to get these counting stats, right? So that's sort of where I'm at with Tage. But, I mean, if these are kind of interchangeable, right? Like some of them. I think the top four are locks, and you can kind of argue the rest of the list, in my opinion. But yeah, I've got Big Tage there. Um, moving on, I want to talk about number eight, Timmy Stutes. Yeah, this is a guy that kind of squeaks into the top ten here um, in category leagues because of what he brings to the table. Yeah. Timmy Stutes last season, 90 points in 78 games. My goodness, my man. 39 goals, 51 assists. Love that. He was kind of redlining with the shooting percentage, 17.1%. So we'll see. I mean, he's only three years into his career, right? Is he a high shooting percentage kind of guy? Or is he closer to the first two seasons that he had, right? Where he cooked the 10.8 and 12.5. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. My gut tells me he's an, he's a high efficiency uh, high efficiency guy, and I think his shots will go up too. But anyways, um, the main reason Timmy Stutes is he- making an appearance in this list: 114 hits, bang, and 49 blocks. Love that, and he's on an elite power play there in Ottawa. Right, he had 28 power play points, and he gets a ton of minutes. This guy averaged 21 minutes, 16 seconds average time on ice. I think that will go down a bit, but I still think it'll be over 20. So yeah, he just brings a lot to the table. I think he's 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 still a developing player and he hit 90 points in his third season, right? I I I think there's going to be a lot of improvement there um with Tim Stutzla. I think he he can do even more than this and I love those perifs. So I feel good about that. Yeah, it's 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 a fun pick uh in my opinion. All right. Next pick here, I am going to take Jack Hughes. I'm going to put him in there. Um, obviously I, I kind of went back and forth between Jack Hughes and Tim Stutz where I was going to put them. Um, I ultimately elected to put Timmy Stutz before Jack Hughes, but oh, I don't know. I just did the, the mock draft and I chose Jack Hughes before Tim Stutz. So, you know, I'm still kind of figuring this out. I did a little, um, analysis today and I kind of landed on this. So I, I like Jack Hughes here. He does nothing peripherally. That's really the only reason. So all this stuff I said earlier holds water, but in 78 games, 12 hits. Yeah, wow, buddy, 12 hits. I mean, you know, nice guy of the year right here, Jack Hughes. He, he's just he's just out there to make friends, and you know, but he's just not bringing anything to the table. He did have 30 blocks, but, you know, that's the reason Hughes drops down the list here. But if you picked him up earlier, I, I don't think it's a whiff by any means, right? Because you're getting elite offensive production, and I think that's very valuable right? Like Binksy and I talked a little bit about it in the last episode there uh, when I did pick Jack Hughes is, you know, I find, I think elite offensive production is harder to get. I think you can get perifs later on, but I don't know when you got a guy like Timmy Stutes who can also sort of give you 90 points and decent perifs, like, ugh, you, you know, you start, you can, you know, it depends on your format, but I think, I think those two are probably interchangeable, but I love Jack Hughes here in the top 10. And then um, lastly, I've got kind of a, a cop-out one, but I'm picking Sidney Crosby and John Tavares. So 
I'll just talk about Crosby really quick. You know, I've got him at number 10 here. We already had a good discussion on him, but again, it's just he's bringing everything to the table. 71 hits, great shot count, um, big power play points, and 47 blocks last season. So, you know, he's just one of those jack-of-all-trades. He's bringing everything to the table. I like Crosby there. And then we got to talk about um, John Tavares. Josh was getting me a little bit uh, stoked on this man. You know, he was number one overall in individual scoring chances for per 60 uh, in the season. He had 39 power play points last season. Bang. And he had 80 points in 80 games with only 17 minutes and 39 seconds average time on ice. So if that goes up at all, we're looking at more points. But the important thing here, 112 hits as well, 36 blocks. So he's just doing it all. And I think you have to have John Tavares in the conversation. You're talking about your top 10 centers in a category league. So that's it. I gave you an extra one. Top 11 centers in a category league. But that's it, everyone. That's uh, that's all I wanted to do today is give you these numbers and let me know what you think. Let me know if you agree with these top 10 or if you have them in a different order. I'd love to hear that. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up in the Discord. I'd love to chat with you about this. And I'm going to be working on my projections right up until sort of the deadline. I think Nate and I are looking to have projections done for the beginning of September. So um, I'm, hit me up on Twitter if you got a player you want projected. I've, I'm putting some stuff out there just to get some requests and try and get these done. But let me know what you think. I love the interaction, the engagement. Hit me up. I love a Pete. All right. But thank you so much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate that. The next episode I'll do is likely a left winger, top 10 left wingers in points and cats leagues. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.